This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. My bookie presents Shake Them Ropes. Use code ROPES, double your first deposit up to $1,000 in free play. We thank them for their sponsorship. All right, roll call. Shake Them Ropes, roll call time. Jeff, I am here, I think. Uh, Chris Novembrino. A.K.A. Novdog, A.K.A. Metronome, because my timing is impeccable. Ow! <laughs> uh, let's see. T-Bar, are you here? Mace, Cubby, Annette. Torch, Buzzsaw, Cobra Command. Oh. <laughs> we'll get into the fun and frivolity of this retribution angle in a bit. Uh, Chris, I have, this morning I told you, I, I was drinking the worst flavor of energy drink ever, and I've decided when I'm, it's weird because when I'm dictator, I've decided uh, that I'm going to get rid of all variety packs of all kind. But I, I've, because usually it's like three flavors of something great and one flavor that nobody wants of anything. I have found the magical reverse variety pack where it's three terrible flavors and one good one. Ooh. And it's, ooh. it's Costco's offering of the Bang energy drinks. I like Bang as a brand because there's many, many different flavors. But I got, I got a variety pack. I used Instacart. Uh, not researching what was in the variety pack. And I got three terrible flavors. <laughs> yeah, well, hit me with these flavors. What are these flavors? Uh, one is cotton candy. Oh, one is uh, like unicorn rainbow unicorn. And one is star blast. It's oh like, they God. don't even have like real flavors to them. They're just names. Star and they just, blast. Yes. Yeah, and and then the fourth one's peach mango, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, oh, that one doesn't sound too bad. The other like the three sour sound apple like one n- is great. The lemon drop one is great. It's the one with these these nondescript names where they can just give you a color. Rainbow other than, vomit. Yes, you know, unicorn fart or something like that. And you're yeah. just like, what? The, what am I drinking? What is this? Weird flavor in my mouth, but this cotton candy one I had this morning is one of the worst things I've ever tasted. Oh, cotton candy is not a flavor that synthesizes very well. But I have to get rid of them, and I want the caffeine. <laughs> it's like caffeine is nothing but it's it's nothing but a means to an end for me at this point. It's just something to get me going in the morning. Hawkins, let me speak to you as a wizened man here this morning, Saturday morning. Uh, as someone who has been chastened by terrible experiences over the last 24 hours... Sometimes it's not worth it to tie your stomach up in knots and go through the retching in the pain. Uh, inside baseball, people, shake them ropes tape. You got delayed by one day because uh, your boy, the Nove Dog, a.k.a. Metronome, my timing is impeccable. Ow! Nove Dog. Are you going to do this throughout the show? <laughs> you like the running gags. The, the people like the running gags more than anything. Uh, but, yeah, dude, there was no way I was going to pull off any of this crap yesterday. Yesterday, like, you wouldn't have gotten much of a show out of me at all. Might have been interesting for some people. But Well, uh, <laughs> well the way you phrased it, too, was weird. It's like, I got cramps. I was like, 
Should I do the departed? Would you like some cranberry juice? It helps my girlfriend. Honestly, like that, if I had had that on hand, I probably would have been sipping on that. What did help yesterday was um, I, I had bought a Dr. Pepper at the grocery store the other day because I am routinely a sucker to the impulse buy a soda ploy. They put those sodas at the front Hawkins. I fall for it every time if it's Dr. Pepper. Uh, but uh, it, I had one on hand and it was a lifesaver yesterday. So, uh, Dr. Pepper, nature's medicine. Are you able to get the uh, cream soda, Dr. Yeah. Pepper, where you are? Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Oh, because you're one in Texas. You're in you're in yeah. a state that cares about cares about good soda quality. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 and, and, and that stuff it, it is the nectar of the gods. But uh, yeah, yesterday, dude, when I I couldn't have held down anything else. Like in like even this little like twenty ounce of Dr. Pepper, that was all I had for like ten hours yesterday. I was like just slowly taking a sip of it periodically to like wet my whistle. Um, but boy, that was a lifesaver yesterday. And, and it felt good. It was, uh, you know, carbonation does help when you've got like stomach cramps. Starting out with a little bit of sad news. Uh, this week, Road Warrior Animal passed away. And it was about Thursday or Friday where I just kind of, or yesterday, where, where I sat down and I kind of went, we now live in a world where the Road Warriors no longer exist. And that... That's sad because if you are a younger fan or even even Chris's age, I don't think you quite understand how huge the Road Warriors were. Like when by the time they came to the WWF as the Legion of Doom and they were given <laughs> they were given a ventriloquist dummy and Sonny find the difference. Um they their popularity had waned a little bit, but in the early to mid eighties, especially where I grew up in Crockett country, you go to a house show, you're in the Norfolk scope smells of stale cigarettes, smoke and beer. Maybe it's a TV taping. Maybe it's a good house show, but you hear like the rock and roll express. If you watch, old, not doctored on the network tapes, you get the girl screaming kind of pop. Like, oh, the, the beautiful guys are coming down. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Or as we like to call it, what do we call it? We call it like thirsty female fan pop. Like we thought Umberto Carrillo could get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, well, because it's different from the Cena treble and bass pop thing. Yes. That was like the kids too. Yes, but... The Road Warrior pop, and I talked about this on Music of the Mat when uh, we talked about Iron Man, but you hear the first doom, 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 and everybody screams. You want to know why, Chris? Because someone's going to get murdered that night, and we're going to see a ritual killing, and that's not legal in most places at the time. But, like, you see the Mokies in the ring, and you hear Iron Man, you're thinking we're going to see somebody killed the night, Chris, and that entire place just screams like it makes you deaf for three days and i don't think we're ever gonna see a tag team like hogan at his peak was was the peak reaction i think the road warriors were a very close second yeah i think that's right i mean like there is literally a pop named after the road warriors called the road warriors pop so i i mean 
Think about that. When, when we gauge crowd reactions based in comparison to the Road Warriors at their peak, that does really say something about them. And, and I think, to your point, the reason we don't think of Hawk and Animal in the same breath as uh, singles talents like Flair and Hogan, though I think you make a pretty good case that th- we ought to, um, is because... Because, like, you know, Hawk and Animal were not good promos. Like, like, a lot of the fundamentals weren't there. But in terms of being over with the audience and connected with the audience, Rovers had it. Like, they are the epitome of 80s wrestling. Yeah. They are jacked up, pharmaceutically enhanced, larger-than-life characters with the face paint. I mean, every, every... Promotion tried to get a Road Warriors knockoff going, including WWF, which had Demolition, and they brought in the Powers of Pain to originally be their version of the Road Warriors, too. I wouldn't say they were bad promos, though, either, Chris. They had an inner... Look, Animal would just be pure fury, and then Hawk would kind of be that swell, (laughs) the smart alecky thing going. Um... When you watch their matches, though, Animal was always the hot tag for the Road Warriors, too. I mean, he was the energy of that thing. And I'm, you know, I'm just sad because Animal seemed like such a cool guy, too. He He's the guy who kind of em, he embraced both family and once he was done with wrestling, the wrestling subculture in terms of going to all the conventions and embracing that and taking photos with the fans. He showed up at that first all in, I believe, as part of that opening. I mean, he he knew what he was, and he never he never held himself off as aloof to the rest of the fans after basically after the K Fabe era died. Yeah, I don't I don't know what else to really say about uh, Animal, um, other than like it's it's just weird to think that it was weird to see his like lifespan and realized like he was a few years younger than my parents <laughs> like uh, he was so young i mean you know he was only young. 60 when he passed yeah. away so, yeah yeah, I mean, yeah 60s young man yeah so it, it, i mean if you do, look if if the road warriors this is mostly for people who are in their 20s right now if you don't get the big deal about this go to youtube if you can find find some other means to watch them in, you know, in Georgia, in Crockett before they made the jump unedited by the network, which is trying to get rid of the Ozzy Osbourne music. You know, listen to that crowd. Yeah. You need the vibe thing. You need the vibe. Yeah. You do. It's super important. Yeah. Because it sets a tone is what it does. It sets a tone of what for me, at least wrestling should be and that's people coming to look for a fight and that's why the road warriors being involved in like the war games that those first couple war games were so important because it's like you have the horsemen who are they're tough and they're bad and they're the best and they're all these other things but they're not the road warriors you know they're not they're not these big monsters who uh, try and the kill you were winners yeah the road warriors were tough yeah and, yeah. and like that, that was like that allowed the horsemen to do their dynamic thing where the horsemen would try to be tough, 
But like they weren't as tough as some of these other people. They just won more. And the Road Warriors were really good foils for that, too. I guess my other thought on this is, like, if you think about, like, tag team wrestling, the Road Warriors ended up kind of creating a template that you have just seen carried through to this day here, whether it's, uh, like, the Acolytes in the APA, um, like, in the mid to late 90s, when, like, they first transitioned over to the APA when they're still kind of the Acolytes. What they're doing, what Farouk and Bradshaw are doing at that point is the Road Warriors gimmick. Like they're they're just you know going road warriors on people um, over in WCW. Uh, remember when they paired uh, Brian Clark and Brian Adams as Chronic, and like that's essentially what those guys are doing is like stoner road warriors. Um, you've seen this like time and again. The road warriors like this template of two bruising dudes uh, who take no prisoners. Like it works. All it was the all Japan. It was the all Japan thing in the early nineties. I mean, Hanson and Brody and and. Uh, you know, the Miracle Violence Connection and Bigelow and Vader. And, you know, that's all you need is two big ass, ass kickers. The other thing that they did, and it became a little bit of a trope from time to time, but they were really, for me, the first act that could get away with no selling for heat. Like, there'd be times where, like, I think, like, Hawk would just jump oh. up from a pile driver. Yeah. And you'd, and you'd kind of believe it. Kind of, oh, that doesn't work on him because he's a big, bad dude. And unfortunately, it's become more and more of a trope. But and but that also created certain limitations yes. to what you could and could not do with Hawk and Animal. And Once believe they, what you could believe. Yeah. You'd always have to screw them out of, out of the... Uh, like, they never lost unless they right. were screwed out of it or... You know. <laughs> and, and no, and they could be, uh, you know, my understanding from testimonials, and I've just heard enough that I have to assume that there's some truth to this, is that, like, they were very um, particular about finishes. And, they were protective uh, of the gimmick. Protective of the gimmick, but, like, mm-hmm. like overprotective. And, and I, I mean, I do think, like, they're a good example of how you can be too protective, and sometimes you've got to give a little to get more. I'm just... I am baffled because this will help us transition into other things. Vince just did not get them. Or by the time he, by the time he had access to them, he didn't care because he had already created knockoffs of them. But WWF Legion of Doom sucked. There's no other way to put it. I mean, Ellering came in for a while and then they gave him a ventriloquist dummy. And then they tried to, they always wanted to use the goodwill of the road warriors to try and get the Legion of doom over. And, and they never really wanted to go full bore because Vince didn't create the Legion of doom. And yes. so they were always kind of looked at as kind of castrated versions of themselves. Like you could have a good match with the Steiners because the Steiners are going to beat the crap out of you anyways. But in terms of the gimmick, Vince just had no clue how to push them either. No, uh, I don't know that Vince was particularly interested in pushing them either. That that's true because they're a tag team and tag teams, you know. For well, him. okay. So then here's the other part of this too. Go back to what we were just talking about from them being particular about finishes. Who else is particular about finishes, Jeff? Yes. <laughs> oh, going into the news, we've had an outbreak of COVID throughout the wrestling world, especially the Florida version. 
of the wrestling world, NXT, AEW, CMLL, all having issues with COVID right now. Apparently an NXT talent had a house party, which involved talent and officials from both companies at tape in Florida, which has been a, a, uh, issue. The only two known people that, that, and we don't know how they got, if they were at the party or not. Chelsea green announced that she had tested positive and, uh, Lance Archer, which threw a wrench in the main event of AEW dynamite this week. Guys, I, I know, I know it's been a while. I know it's been six months, seven months when they said it was going to be 14 days to curb. It ain't time yet for house parties. It ain't time yet for gatherings. Cut this crap out. Yeah. I, I mean, like, look, uh, you got to, I, I, you know, I talk about this a bit on the other show, but you got to look at the national numbers. But more importantly, wherever you are, you have to look at what the daily caseload is in your particular neck of the woods. And if you are in a place like, I don't know, let's say it's Florida um, that has a high daily caseload, uh, you really need to be mindful and mindful of the risks because, for example, uh, if you get someone else sick, one of your peers, you're taking them out of the work cycle they they're not making money you're you're taking money off of their pockets in addition to getting them sick like you, you just gotta be you gotta protect yourself and you gotta be mindful of others too yeah it's the underlying conditions thing that bugs me about because you never know what's right gonna, yeah what's i mean gonna set it off no no that that's also true i uh, i mean you don't know and, and I mean, you know, even with with quote unquote athletes, sometimes uh, people can be people who are athletes and performers and still have underlying conditions. Um, and there's still so many uh, unknown unknowns when it comes to COVID and how it interplays with other uh, underlying conditions and how it affects people. Tegan Knox suffered a torn ACL or what is believed to be a torn ACL again. This this poor woman. This is like number three. I think it's a second one on this on one of the legs, or <laughs> I don't know if it's a third one, but as someone who has torn their ACL, sometimes it never comes back as strong as you'd like it to. I thought Tegan Knox was possibly a face of a brand type of talent. Um, and of course, with the caveat, if pushed correctly, but she's going to be out for a long, long time now. It looks like this I could am be really threatening. I'm really pulling for her, but um, I was on the other side of this conversation, and as someone who's was born with a bad knee, um, and has had surgery on it, and it's improved but never gotten fully right. I've always felt like she's on borrowed time. When she came back and she was in the double knee braces like so Cold Steve Austin, I was like, Nah, I know how this this goes. Like, yeah, you, yeah, it's it every. When you got a bad wheel, you have good days, you have bad days, you can stretch it out, you can maintain it, but every single step you take, it's a little off-center and it hurts a little bit. I know it. I do it every day. That's why I cringed like when, when yeah. Seth Rollins came back too early, I thought, and was wearing the knee brace underneath yes. his underneath his uh, gear, and you're just like, and he's doing the he's doing all the dives and stuff. I'm like, you should be putting the kibosh on that in in the match planning stage until you're sure you can do this. Uh, he's one of the lucky ones, it looks like. Um, 
but yeah, there's there's a reason no, you why can, you can beat the odds. I'm not I, like like look, dude. I, I mean, can, oh, I'm can, not saying you can't. I no, no, right? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you got a twenty to one shot, that's a five percent chance of making it, baby. I'm not saying you can't win, um, but look, like, I think one of the smartest things football players started doing was wearing the knee braces as a preventative me- measure. Uh, if you watch the offensive linemen, uh, I have one of those braces right now. The kind that you they're kind of thigh high. But you, you, it goes from like thigh to the middle of your shin bone, and it gives your knee stability. I have one of those for like when I was doing, <laughs> I was trying to get my legs back up for powerlifting because I used to be able to, I used to be able to do quite heavy loads on an incline press, but now it just hurts my knee too much to do it. But watching football, and you'll see like some of the bigger programs have those braces on both legs for their offensive line. Um, just as a preventative measure, I think that's one of the smartest things they've ever done. Hey, look, uh, it is a lot easier to take preventative steps from getting injured or getting sick than it is to deal with the incurred costs and also just the physical recovery from being injured or being sick. Uh, so I'm in favor of people doing whatever they need to do on that. And like, for example, if my finishing move involved throwing my knee at my opponent, I might be thinking about <laughs> reassessing that if I was going to come back to wrestling. <laughs> oh, hey, she get hit her. It's, it's an opponent with a knee brace. It's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it, it's just, I mean, come on. Like, and that wasn't ultimately what did it in, but like, you just, you know, how about a choke slam? Right, <laughs> still called stunner. Since she's gonna be looking like Austin out there, anyways. Uh, Naomi has been out for a while uh, to remove a l- rather large fibroid. Um, reading about those, these are things not to be messed with. Uh, so what that's what are these she- things? Hit me. Okay, uh, fibroids are abnormal growths that develop in or on a woman's uterus. Oh. Okay. Sometimes right. these tumors can become quite large and cause severe abdominal pain and heavy periods. Mm. Mm. Something neither of us have to experience. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 look, uh, yeah, I think I'm too weak to handle that on a monthly basis. I honestly. mean, I mean, you were you were on the shelf last night. I don't no, think I'm a fucking. Del- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a delicate flower. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Glenn Joseph has left NXT UK due to personal reasons, and Jim Smallman has been promoted to head writer of NXT UK. Joseph and Smallman were both the former co-owners of Progress Wrestling. I like Smallman a lot. I don't know about the creative side of it in terms of who had who was the more creative mind between Joseph and Smallman. NXT UK is now back and looks like they've never missed a beat, which is both good and bad. Yeah, uh... This week's show was better uh, than last week's. We can save it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I mean, you know, low bar, low bar, (laughs) real low bar. Yeah. uh, Two more more lighter things. Take a victory lap for this one. WWE announced its own platform for virtual meet and greets and talent interactions. You can purchase (laughs) two minutes of private one-on-ones with talent, personalized autographs, and be able to download your meet and greet. When you don't know the answer, the answer is always money. And that's why they, they took him off a cameo, it looks like. 
Ah, uh, this is going to be one of those things that is not going to sit well with certain talents. I'm, just, I'm not going to say it's going to be a needle mover for. This is the time. new tout. <laughs> That's all this thing is. Oh yeah, no, no. This app is not. No, it, I, what what people are going to be upset about? Oh yeah, is, is the fact that they are not having an ability to build out their brand on other platforms like Twitch and YouTube and that sort of thing. Which is, if you are going to be an entertainer in today's era, like what that entails is being on a number of different platforms. And I think a lot of the people you see on WWE television and AEW television, uh, Kip Sabian, Miro, really good examples. They get how this works now. Wrestling is but one of the platforms. In addition, you're also a video game streamer. And like it's a changing nature of the business. It certainly does away with the kayfabe era, of course. Um, but that's how these performers see them having like a sustainable and stable um, brand um, that has like a stable level of exposure. And they're not necessarily at the mercy of weird booking patterns at their place of employment on the wrestling show. I have never faulted anyone for being able to do these things, especially some of the female talents, because a lot of it is based on cosmetics and cosmetics don't last forever, especially like Alexa bliss who has a, has a very huge Disney addiction and those things can be expensive. <laughs> oh no, no. I, I have a, I have a Disney friend in my life. I helped him uh, do some soundtracking stuff like years ago, but I, I went over to his house. Um, I did not realize he was this avid of a Disney collector. But Disney started, World ain't cheap. Dude, he started explaining to me some how much this Disney memorabilia was, and I was trying to like put that in a context of guitar equipment. My dude could have had a studio like that would have put any of my friends to shame with his Disney memorabilia, just in Mickey Mouse's. Those stuffed animals aren't going to pay for themselves. And the, like the posters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, no, no. They, they call you laughing at wrestling fanboy. Yeah. Look, I don't have a lot. I have four pops. That's about the, the, the. Oh, and oh, and a box of four horsemen action figures. But I don't play with them either. So I just <laughs> I guess we can't talk. I guess it's one of those. Well, I, I mean, like, all I can say is, you know, you take all of my guitars together and I think I could get maybe <laughs> what is what is like three to five grand gets you in Disney memorabilia? Not that much. I used to do comics, but I never collected for worth. It was always just stuff I read. But then I <laughs> I did the math on how much I spent in my youth on comic books. And I was just like, dude, I could have bought a car with. all. <laughs> no, you know, the one I'm kicking myself over now, uh, since we're doing the old man stuff here is uh, CDs. I'm killing myself over CDs. CDs and DVDs. DVDs were a big one with me. Lord, I could have had a Gibson Les Paul in my early teens if I had just stopped buying music. In and- our defense, though, Chris, I will, I will defend ourselves. We did not anticipate streaming. So, but also... Oh, no, and when Napster showed up, I was, like, all over it. Like, because I was actually... I'm old enough to have used Napster. I have friends, though, who are now convinced to have the physical media. Because at least if you have the physical media, they can never take it away from you like streaming platforms now do. Like, I'm very happy to have recordings of certain wrestling events. Oh, yeah, sure. Because I know sure, WWE sure. will just screw that up. Well, that's the the, and that's also the thing copyright with the network. claims and things like that. Yeah, the thing with the network, especially with WWE, is that like 
they are prone to go in and edit stuff and polish stuff up and change stuff. So like, yeah. it, oh, it, it this doesn't look good medium. for us. Let's let's get rid of this person from continuity. Completely. Or like, you know, um, if you're, let's say, a Megadeth fan, I I don't know if you knew this about Megadeth, but Dave Mustaine got a, a wild hair uh, several years back and decided that during the process of remastering all the classic Megadeth albums, he was also going to do the more uncommon thing of going in and retracking parts of these albums recorded in the 1980s. Oh, he George lucas it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and as you might expect, the results are not great. <laughs> oh, when they did the director's cut of the first three Star Wars, I thought this is the dumbest thing they've ever done. And then they made prequels. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So your hair, your wild hair this week for wrestling shows was the officiating. Yes. Yes. The Well, the officiating is just, it is very, very strange. And, and I get like, I get that this sounds like, quote, the rules of professional wrestling. Secret here. rules that certain companies may have about wrestling. Yes, well, but, like, when a company puts out a piece of merchandise that you can pay money for that includes the rules of how the <laughs> wrestling is done on their show, like, should that mean something? If you're the one writing it's the rules... Grift. It's all a grift, Chris. I, get I, your money. I, I get that. I get that. But it should mean something is my point here. I, I, I There is... What I understand it to be, Jeff, and and, and w- what it is. Stupid um, Mark. <laughs> so the finish on Raw. Can can you take me uh, through the finish between um, future Hall of Famer Slapjack, uh, probably future world champion here, I'd say, in the next six months. And Slapjack. Did I call him Flapjack? <laughs> Slapjack. Yeah. Slap. No. It, it, now, it's do you go two words, slap? I believe. You I go don't two think it's words. One. Okay, so it's first, it's first name slap, last name Jack. <laughs> yes, on his on his official on his ID, on his work ID for the contracts they signed, <laughs> the anarchic group had signed contracts. They, they to be on deals. one brand. To be yes. on one they don't even get the wild card <laughs> benefit. Mr. Jack, could you please come in and sign sign this contract that gives you full freight to come in and cause oh here you says even says in your contract you're here to cause havoc. Please come in and sign this I will I will do my best. I I kinda Alright, so because T bar, T dash bar not just T period bar. I, I call or it T hyphen bar. bar. Like to yeah. from the old eighties band to It could have been to bar or something like that. To is also, uh, she's on Voyager. She's, yes. Uh, the it's, first, a, it's a Star yeah, Trek. No, no, I'm sorry. She's on uh, enterprise enterprise. It was actually, yeah, it was an original Star Trek character. And they named the band after that great one hit wonder heart and soul. Um, yeah. T to bar or T bar hit slapjack and was making a save. While Lashley had him in in the full Nelson, it wasn't actually a DQ. <laughs> because there's some rules about how an illegal man can't hit a legal man or it'll be a DQ. And that includes why eye pokes and 
low blows are illegal, and that's why you need the distraction. Well, then, okay, so them. then how do you break up a pinfall? How you does that make sense? Un- under, under the unified rules of the NWA, apparently, because it's in the NWA rule book. They had a rule book from, like, long ago, like the 70s, like a pamphlet or something. Uh, but th- I think WWE has this, too. You are allowed one breakup of a pin. That's also very weird, and I feel like that doesn't get held up. I feel like there's more than one breakup on a regular basis. I get that feeling too. I think I don't. I I don't sit there and take tally tallies of that. But I I don't think AEW adheres to those unified rules. But uh, I I don't think FTR is pushing for the one breakup rule either. (laughs) Look, I think they are. I think. I think. I think that would actually be really funny. FTR they try to get that implemented. Oh, especially given. Given the angle on on Wednesday, where it's like uh, they're they're doing the old Tully thing, if Tully or if you get to the time limit, it's counted as a win, no matter what, which is fine. I I, I don't mind that. That's a good heel move. You know, they're doing kind of the beat the clock challenge. Uh, a lot of a lot of territories had this where they'd have a TV champ, but the uh, there'd be a time limit on the match, and then they they'd go the extra mile where if the heel was holding the title. And you got to the time limit. It wasn't a draw because records matter and the pay scale and all the other kayfabe stuff. Well, the revival's now going to do that. The revival. The revelation. That's what the FTR. Just call them FTR. Hey, yeah, I just call them FTR at this point. I, I, don't I think know they. I think they'd appreciate the the the, the one breakup rule because they they've been advocating for tag ropes to be enforced as well. So I I think they they'd like that. I I think they would like that. I mean, I just think it's it's also just a headache for everyone working the match. Like it it's just it's an annoying, and it also leads to ungratifying finishes. Now, for a heel finish to you know like kind of get out of it weasily, like I I get how it works, but like you know like a referee does not want to have to end a match because you just broke up the second pitfall. Um, that, that so, but then like to continue on. Uh, let's go over to NXT UK. So now I get what they were trying to do in the main event. Um, and this main event between Piper Niven and Kaylee Ray is if you've got some extra time here and you are looking to watch a little extra wrestling this weekend or like watch some WWE product, that's not going to like offend your sensibilities in a deep way. This Piper Niven and Kaylee Ray match is well worked. Um, Kaylee, Kaylee Ray's Ray great. is so great. No, she's I great, man. She's I, I think way underappreciated. She's uh, she's a really really great worker. Um, and I get what they're trying to do in this match. I get what we're, the long term plan is. We're turning Kaylee Ray babyface slowly. I like that. I'm into that. She's got edge. She she she's spicy. I'm into it. Um, but they had a bizarre angle. During this match, spoilers if you don't want me to ruin it for you, but I can't really explain the situation any other way. Now I'll continue. So um, <laughs> during the match here, she goes to run uh, a knee into Piper Niven. Piper Niven's propped up against some steel steps, and uh, she injures her knee, kayfabe, um, against the steel steps here. The referee goes over to Kaylee Ray and goes, not do you want to stop the match? He says that and then goes one step further and says, I will throw out this match and you can hang on to your title, which is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. And, I, and you know, that's why I've hated this, this, this generation of officiating where, you know, you have to clean up a cut or a blood or if somebody gets hurt, you have to check on them. 
the whole point of a wrestling match is to hurt your opponent. Yes. And, and so it puts Piper Niven in a really ridiculous situation. She's throwing a tantrum. She's yes. throwing a temper tantrum outside. And, and you kind of can't blame her for being mad because, like, I, from her standpoint, it sure looks like the officials are all in the tank for Kaylee Ray. <laughs> oh, no. An, a, a competitor is getting hurt during the course of a wrestling match. Stop the presses. Uh, like, they went for a move and they missed. Like, what? Um, and, and then this continues. After Kaylee Ray waves it off not once, oh, and also uses the officials as like a, as a human shield so she can get a strike in on Piper mm-hmm. Niffin before resuming the match here. Uh, I get... I get this within the context of her slowly transitioning within a turn here. My issue is this official continuing to ask her, do you want to stop the match? Uh, I'll let you hang on to your title. You just, you could just quit she and exit to the yes. main menu. She should have said yes, but instead they do this. Oh, she's a brave fighting champion. No, she's a heel. If they give you that chance and they go, oh, I can hold on to my title. Yeah, stop the match. No, the only reason that they did do this because th- this is supposed to be in service of of a slight turn, but I don't they think didn't want turn, Chris. I don't. I know, but that's why they have Ginny staring at her at that's the end true of it. Too. Yeah. So, so no, like it is, but um, but it, it they were so driven on that part of the project that they didn't think that like this makes no sense as a context or a backdrop for rules, and you can't really explain it away. Um, I, I mean. If anything, I hope Piper Niven kind of like lingers on this and thinks she gets she got screwed because, I mean, she did in, in in the world of kayfabe. Like it's pretty ridiculous that the refs changed the rules of wrestling all of a sudden on. Her. Yes, if if a if a champion cannot continue, they should lose the title. Right, that, that's the Absolutely. only way to do it. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I found it a bit histrionic to be honest with you. I I just I was like, okay, we get it. She's hurt. She, I we're, I I was just waiting for a, it's it's all a fake. But then, then Piper Niven gets up, drags her back to the ring, and the match continues. <laughs> I was just like, this is the weirdest officiated match I've ever watched since Monday. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, and then I yeah. want to say something weird happened last night on SmackDown, too. Maybe? Oh, was it... Um... Oh, I can't remember what, which one it was. Let, let me take a look at the SmackDown. SmackDown rules. Um, but in terms of that NXT UK, uh, that H- Saxon Huxley Walter match was a manly little match for what it was. Yeah. It, it yeah. Of, uh, that was fun, right? Like th- that last backslap got me, got me getting goosebumps. Bumps. I went, Ooh, that's uh that's something. There. Look, look, uh, I've made my concerns and views about the problems with NXT UK very clear here, but Sometimes, I mean, like, sometimes it's perfectly watchable stuff. Like, yeah, Walter versus Saxon Huxley. It, it's exactly the type of match you think it's going to be. But within the template of that type of match, it was a very well-worked version of that type of match. Um, It was fun. I had fun. Uh, I, found, I found the thing on SmackDown. It was, was it the Alexa Bliss Lacey Evans thing? Yes. For kicking yeah. too much ass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Go ahead. I, no, I, I, no, no, no. But um, was there anything else on NXT UK? UK oh, the, the Hunt and, and Pretty Deadly had a 12-star match as usual. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Okay, the, so like the primate, some... the primate has a manly beard going. That is a, a fluffed-up uh, 
He's getting a perm for that thing, it looks like. He's a fun hot tag. I've said that before, but I, I, I will say it again. I think Prybate's a, a, a sneaky good hot tag. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this match here. Uh, you know, it was not super long. But an- another perfectly watchable, well-worked match. Um, these guys have had lots of matches. Unlike other forever pairings, the hunt in Pretty Deadly honestly doesn't really get old. Because um, it never really overstates its welcome, and they don't do a ton on the characterization. They just Yeah, they don't over-gimmick it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, like, like these guys, it makes sense that these guys wouldn't like each other. Um and, oh, you know, the other thing I, I will say in, in favor of NXT UK uh, on this show is I think the backstage universe that they kind of created in this this episode is cool. People intersecting with one another, like the Hunts talking with uh, Mark Andrews and... Uh, I'll go against that a little okay. bit. Uh, All right, go against after, it. After I, ma- after I make a point, uh, I don't mind Eddie Dennis and Pretty Deadly. No, I think that's going to be fun. I'm into that. I don't mind that at all. I think, I think if they're going to transition... Look, we, we said that the schoolmaster gimmick was a winner for Eddie D- Dennis a long time ago. If he's not going to be back full time because of injuries or whatever, and I don't know what the case is with him, him being a mouthpiece is not the worst thing in the world. No, no. And he, yeah, him being him being like this, this story already kind of writes itself, right? He sees these young guys who were like what he once was in his mind, you know, a decade and a half ago. Um, and he's going to teach them all of his secrets or whatever, all of his secrets or whatever. And he'll be the mouthpiece for these guys. And yeah, no, I like it. I've been okay. now the world that they're building backstage is too, too much SmackDown raw NXT. We're backstage behind the scenes of a television show. Office politics meets 30 rock type thing. I don't like it. I find Pete Dunn's role on the program to be weird right now where he's like uh, a weird NPC. Like, I I mean, I think he'll be back in the ring sooner rather than later, but like the fact that he's just in charge of this heritage tournament. And I guess that's the other big story we need to talk about coming out of this show. It's like they announced that they're doing a British style world of sports style inspired tournament here. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think they're going to handle that? I am not bullish on it. I think a lot of it depends on who the mystery uh, entrant is, and I think that's going to be Pete Dunn. I think it's going to be Pete Dunn too. And they may just turn him heel here because I like him as a babyface, but they're going to do something different with him. I don't. I don't. Know. I mean, I like the British style. I like rounds. I think I'm. I'm ashamed that Cassius Ono is not a part of this because he could. He could figure out creative ways to uh, work the rules, so to speak. I, uh, he know, might make okay. some sense. He might make some sense because uh, you got Trent Seven there. So whoever it's, uh, it's a tournament that doesn't mean anything. That's no, my problem with it. That, that's it's be not the for issue. like number one contender or anything like that. It's just here's the Heritage Cup, which is like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and you know the May Young. It used to be May Young Battle Royal for women. You know. We're just going to give this gimmick trophy to someone and they're going to carry it around like a de facto title until we decide it's too stupid to carry around anymore. I just, I, I'm not a fan. I think the winner will ultimately get a title shot. So yes. like, like I'm not, I get what you're saying. It's not explicit right now. Um, They could always announce that really at any point in the tournament. Um, And 
my gut tends to say like it's it's going to end up being a vehicle for a title shot. Or if they're making this a secondary title in the oh UK the heritage brand. okay and they make like a heritage title like they turn it into like a belt eventually right, right. yeah I, yeah I, yeah, I yeah the heritage title. I don't mind that I don't mind that either um I I think that that's kind of an intriguing way to go uh yeah no it'll be interesting um what's uh what's Tyler Bates status uh I don't know okay um <laughs> offhand I don't know yeah uh let let's gloss over anything from Wednesday uh one piece of news I forgot to mention uh. Chris Jericho has filed a trademark for the term million viewer man. And here I was nostalgic for the halcyon days of yore when I was getting screamed at that a million viewers didn't matter. And now mm-hmm. we're filing for copyrights. Yeah. Uh, well, AEW strong on TNT. That Tuesday night show that they did was still not That leading for the night. off of basketballs really helped them. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I think the... It makes people complain that they're not getting their show on time, but at the same time, it keeps yeah, right. uh, it yeah. keeps the TNT. I mean, it keeps it with, relevant. Yeah, well, people are also, seeing it. Also, anybody who just has the channel on and might have fallen asleep during Inside the NBA yep. counts as a viewer. Yep. So I don't mind it. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I think that this pairing's working really, really great for them. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting when the NBA season is not on and they are not um, getting to ride alongside the incredibly strong television product that is the NBA playoffs, um, do the numbers settle back down into the 900-800s? My gut tends to say yes, but hey, when you are getting wins, take the wins. Take the wins. Um, Analyze where they're coming from, uh, but, but take the wins. Sure. Uh, not a lot on that I want to go over through AEW, to be honest with you. But I did like the Jericho MJF promo. I uh, thought that was that's a good way to do humor. In, yes, in, in yeah, I thought that was a fine cool. way to do do humor. Um, you know, I, I look uh, Jericho has like he had goodwill with me at one point here early in 2020 but like what whatever on-air goodwill i've i've had towards this guy has kind of gone away because like you know i i kind of get how this dude's working with young talent gimmick works now he does what i what i refer to as the sisyphus push you know sisyphus right dude who gets uh cursed by the god to push a rock all the way up he gets close to the top of the hill and then what happens to him he becomes Scorpio Sky in the undercard again, <laughs> or Darby well, Allen. It's or, the TNA. It's the TNA thought that oh, if you put him in with a guy from WWE, he'll become a bigger star. Yeah, yeah, but but Jericho has really been flattering himself on this idea that he's been elevating. That he's college. making people. No, and, and, and if anyone's got a claim to that right now on that roster, it's John Moxley. He has a far stronger claim to that. Working with uh, Will Hobbs and also working with Darby Allen, where I do think he has helped to you know take Darby Allen to that next step up in a way where you work with Chris Jericho and you've worked with Chris Jericho. Um, I, I also think in the case of Orange Cassidy, it was just a mistake to beat him this week uh, for the TNT title. Uh, like he needs to be winning stuff, not losing stuff. Loved the Eddie Kingston Moxley match, though. Oh yeah. Um, loved, okay. No loved um, the slaps. Loved yeah, that the was slaps. Uh, Anna J versus uh, Brandy Ronalds. Uh, that was good. Oh, on Tuesday, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that that outkicked its coverage for me because I wasn't expecting much out of that. But that was no, a fun that was match, that was too. that was sneaky good. I I enjoyed that. Um, and and I will take Kenny Omega to task 
he's not my favorite promo as I'm, I'm reminded I'm, I'm consistently wrong as, uh, from, uh, from the cat lady. The cat lady loves to troll me about Kenny Omega. But, but um, she's not right when it comes to Kenny Omega's I, I promo. I agree. She's, she, no, no, he, he is, he's I need actively her to annoying to me, and bad. I need her to listen to me right now. You are wrong about Kenny Omega. Wrong, 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 wrong. But Kenny Omega mocking uh, Uno's physique. I will not have that. Brother doesn't like cardio. I get it. <laughs> I mean, okay, so like it was beyond like mocking the physique. It just didn't really kind of fit into what they're trying to do right now. Right. Yeah. Um. I'm also, okay, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I never had to ask you this off air, so I'll ask you on air. Uh, what do you think they're doing with Evil Udo right now? Is this like a slow face turn with him? Because he keeps doing nice guy stuff. I think he's the... I put it in comic book reference, and I don't know if anybody else will get this. He's the glorious Godfrey to Mr. Brody Lee's dark side. He's he's the PR guy. He's the guy who comes... There, there's a character like this also uh, in Avengers Endgame, but he's a little too recent for me to know him offhand. You know, he, he's the guy, oh, you've been freed. The, the, the benevolent Mr. Brody has come to save us. And, you know, what that guy, he's that character. I think, I think it's mostly fake. It's well, fake but like I'm talking about is like nice guy stuff with Colt Cabana, how he's always like palsy with Colt. Oh, he, yeah. No, no. He, he's the good cop of, of the Dark Order. He's a hey, you know what? This is this is this is a family. You have to stay. He, he's the guy who's gaslighting, gaslighting the faces to 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 stay in the dark order. He, he's that guy. He's well, a, then oh, why did he send away all the dark order in the match here this week? I don't know. <laughs> I, no, I, I'm, I just I'm just asking. I like I don't I don't want to have a hard answer here. I, I'm just I I was... to be truthful. I'm just making stuff up right now because I forgot all the details of this thing that you're remembering. It, it just it stuck out to me. I, it, it's just interesting. I'm not I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's interesting. I'm into it. I just I wanted. I, it's nuanced in a way that normally a lot of stuff in wrestling is either fairly obvious or sometimes painfully obvious or too obvious, like in the case of Retribution. Um, and yeah, like this is interesting. And I, I was just I was wondering what your thoughts on it were. Um, other things I like: Scorpio Sky versus Ben Carter. Oh, didn't didn't Ben Carter confirm that he had COVID yes. too? Yes, yeah. he's another one. Ooh, that's unfortunate. Um, bad timing. He had a really nice nice match here. Um. And then, oh, Matt Seidel. Uh, he is, uh, he's an interesting guy. He sure is. <laughs> His promos are sure. How so? Oh, okay. he's, yeah, yeah. The, the promos are weird. Uh, commentary doesn't really know what to do with him at this point. Well, yeah, the commentary on that show was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh on, on the, the late night dark, uh, late night uh, dynamite was, like, it, it is, they are clearly having fun, and sometimes you have fun while they're having fun, but it's not good commentary. Yeah, it's it's loosey goosey. It, yes. It's we're we're taping this as a throwaway. Let's just all have fun and watch some wrestling, kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Before we move on and do the rest of Wednesday and and the main roster, gonna give a shout out to our sponsors this week, my bookie. It's fall, it's autumn, it's football season, and at my bookie, that means only one thing: it's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At my bookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet all these playoffs going on. The NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup finals. Baseball's about to ramp up its playoffs. UFC. You can even bet probably the debate next week. 
Uh, the craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, and collect your moolah. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets. Or you can bet games in real time using live betting, which is always interesting, especially in this season of the NFL. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code ROPES and double your first deposit. Get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. As Jerry Seinfeld once said, otherwise you're just rooting for laundry. Thousands of cross-sports wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. I know for a fact if you had done a parlay bet on the Emmys and just bet Schitt's Creek across the board, you'd be very happy right now with how much money you had made. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Once again, the code is ROPES. Double your first deposit up to $1,000. We thank them for their sponsorship of the Voices Wrestling Network throughout the month. Okay, Chris. Uh, NXT. Pick... Oh, we NXT. didn't finish like AEW. You We're fin- fine with it. We, we've done enough. <laughs> did, you, did you have any other thoughts about Brody Lee? Uh, I have none. The Brody Do Lee you? and Cassidy? Well, no. I, I mean, I just I think it's a mistake. And, you know, as I was saying with Jericho. Um, I, uh, Isaiah Cassidy, I think is the uh, next guy. Another Cassidy is set to get on the Jericho Sisyphus Express. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's going to have a match with Jericho next week. It's going to be, I, I think it's going to be another Jungle Boy style thing. Look, I, I'm, I'm far past the point of being able to criticize this Dark Order angle because what's happened is the comedy has kicked in on BTE. And now everybody's kind of expected to, to watch BTE every week and know the inside jokes with like John Silver being the, the, the flunky and things like that. And they've gone hardcore into it. So I like Brody Lee as a, a I, I was hoping that it would establish kind of Dark Order as a major heel group. It's going to be a heel group for now until we get the next one. And it's probably going to be Cody coming back. <laughs> Has the darker hair, so he probably has a darker outlook on life type of thing. Um, yeah, but it's fine. I mean, the, the, the show was still fun. I thought, I, I thought AEW's Wednesday night uh, offering was quite fun for the most part. Yeah, uh, it, it was good. I, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed. I like the Kingston and uh, Moxley match a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like I, uh, commentary missed the fact that uh, Kingston did Kawada kicks. Like they, they mentioned earlier, they actually threw a Kawada kick and no one called oh, hold it. Hold on, which member of the commentary team do you expect to bring up Kawada? Excalibur is okay. the okay. only one that I. The, 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 okay, when I say com, I didn't want to be hold like. On, do you think, I didn't do you want to be JR like. JR and Tony are going watching like old New Japan tapes or all Japan tapes. No, Hawkins, I was trying to be graceful and I didn't want to be like. And well, now yeah, let me call out Excalibur up. specific. Like, no, dude, <laughs> graceful and Chris have never really merged well. It's oil and vinegar. Um, you were like but, a delicate ballerina being graceful. Yeah, no, I, I, I have that. I, 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 I give that aura off. But no, like Excalibur, if you're going to mention Kawada, when the dude throws the Kawada signature moves, mention those, please. You expect Taz to come in with Kawada? <laughs> I, I, I mean, maybe. Veda Scott, know, get, maybe. I think Veda Scott's sneaking to Jeff, yeah. it is asking too much to expect commentary to reference the historical <laughs> things that I'd expect commentary to reference. Well, it just depends on their history. I, I agree with you. I agree that... Uh, well, if you're going to put Old Man River in the commentary booth, I want Old Man River to tell me the tales of the hills. Old Man River only knows the Old Man River stuff, though. He doesn't know what happened outside of the world during that time. It's like asking... It's like asking a Civil War general what was going on in Europe at the time. 
No, I'm just I'm saying, you know, what, what is the the big asset that Old Man River is supposed to bring to the table? And it's knowledge of the hills, Jeff. That's what I'm saying. OK. Oh, I, <laughs> Chris Novembrino complains that Jr. doesn't know enough about Japanese wrestling. Which old men complaint. yelling about old men yelling at clouds. OK. Uh, yeah, NXT was kind of a slapdash thing, but I liked the mixed tag team thing with the exception of... Can we make oh, Fandango not a comedy guy? Oh, God, dude. Like, this, this backstage crap was awful, right? Yes. It, yes. It's just, it's awful. The and idea like, of the mixed tag team thing was great. Yes, The execution was, was bad. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, the, the, the moment with Roderick Strong and Danny Birch was very funny. Uh, like them not getting on the same page. Like they can't decide whether to bump for handshake. Yeah. Yeah. And and then Birch tries to find a way to get his like, you know, V for victory into the undisputed era boom thing. And like, I enjoyed all of that. I thought all of that was actually pretty funny. Um, but I think yeah. the wrong team went over because I I was enjoying the hell out of the Fabian Eichner Raul Mendoza team. Yeah, yeah I no, love they're, they're fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've actually teamed before in squash matches. I think that's why I liked them so much. I'm like, in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show and there's a random innocuous round bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net, arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. 
And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. These are two guys finally getting something to do on the TV show that I've liked for a long time. Not that I didn't like Birch and, and Roddy, because, man, that, that tag match kind of slapped a bit. I liked it. Yeah. No, like, that was actually... Uh, if I ever well, use the term that match slapped again, you can slap me. I'm yeah, sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's uh, old man hog. How, how you doing, fellow kids? Yeah, oh, no. Dude, I, I, I sent you a track this week I was working on, and you were like, it slaps. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. You know what uh, this is? This is me reading too much Twitter. Yeah, no, 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 for sure, for sure. I like oh, his. God, if you tell Bush me something's guy. like on on like Fleek, uh, you're gonna be in trouble here, buddy. Oof. I think I think Fleek has passed its prime. No, I don't we're think bringing I'll... it back. I'm bringing it back. Oh. It's back. Oh, really? I, yeah, I just brought it back. Oh, the taste maker, Chris Novell. Yeah, hell, hell oh, okay. Yeah, taste maker, mm-hmm. Nov. Yeah. Yeah, it's... they call me Folgers. Best part of waking up. <laughs> Metronome? Because you're Folgers, drive? No <laughs> dog? <laughs> overdrive? No overdrive? No overdrive. Oh, good God. Oh, we're going to have to come up with your retribution nickname. Yeah. Um, I, no, I'm just, what I'll do is I'll fire up Streets of Rage 4 and just take one of the names off the henchmen on Streets of Rage 4 because that seems like what they did. Hmm. Uh, uh, any, anything else from Wednesday night before we get into this main Damian roster? Damian Priest, Austin Theory, fun little match. Uh, Austin Theory as the, the khaki little guy uh, going up against the guy who's like the older version of him, uh, who is the more successful. Like, I, I thought this was a fun match. Simple match. Good match. Um, don't do a... Don't do a battle royale if you don't know all the participants in a battle royale. Oh, boy. Oh, I, I totally forgot. I just, like, skipped over that because uh, it was like... I, I looked at this as like your girl Raina looked good in it though. No, I know, but like this was sort of a you know you knew that this was not like a battle royal where you need to focus on any everything. This was like a time eating battle royal, and so you can yeah, skip and ahead I am, ten minutes. I am done. I am done with the semantics of the rules of the battle royal. Oh, that there we go. There, there's another one of like how do eliminations work and that sort of thing. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, my feet didn't technically touch the ground, so I'm going to do all this, the Kofi stuff. After, you know, the first year was great. When it became expected yes, of talent. Yes, Casey Catanazaro doing it with uh, Kate Na- and Carter. Yeah. Naomi and- now does it yep. during the Women's Battle Royal. It's a trope now. And, and in this particular case, it made Caden look stupid. Yes, like, because she's doing the she's doing the and then she gets eliminated. They both just, look stupid though. Like it yes. makes Casey look greedy because Casey's supposed to be Caden's eyes in that situation, um, and Casey was not Caden's. I mean, I guess you could use this as the template for the split. Um, I, Why I are we splitting them? I don't know. They haven't done team. anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got none accolades, so I don't know. I did <laughs> like Indy Hartwell hanging out by the stairs just to kick her again. <laughs> I thought that was kind of smart, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, no, no. You got to jump here. All right, I'll kick you again. No, there are people I, I like in this division right now, or whatever. I just I like you know this screamed. We're eating up time right now. Um, I enjoyed Tomasa Ciampa and Jake Atlas for what it was. Uh, I, you know. Tough, tough for Jake Atlas to be continue to be, you know, the, the punchline here. A geek, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, he wasn't geeks, as big. Of, he wasn't as big of a geek. No, Antonio DeLuca though. Oh, great! All time, like he gets the Mulkey Award this week. I, I loved, I loved his his look of terror. I loved his noodle punches. Like, no, Antonio DeLuca. 
Put the belt on that man. And then we have a new number one contender for the NXT title after the gauntlet, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, th- this was like, it was interesting. Um, you know, uh, at the end of the match, Roddy comes out. He's nominally was on the face team with uh, Danny Birch. Um, although, you know, like did he may turn heel. Cole seemed to be actually, uh, you know, giving Kyle O'Reilly like encouragement and uh, earnest encouragement at that. Which makes the split dynamics weird. And then there was no Bobby Fish. Yeah, it's like, okay, efficient, strong are the heels here, and Cole's being turned baby. What? Okay, well, maybe, I don't know. I, don't I know, know, I know. I was, I was really scratching my head at the optics of this closing beat here. Because, yeah, you know, you, you, we had pitched a couple of different dynamics, but in both dynamics, we had anticipated split. And right now, um, unless... Unless Bobby Fish is going to turn on all of them, uh, like I see cohesion. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's just a red herring. I don't know. We get into this main roster stuff as we go into our preview. We have a pay per view on Sunday. Thankfully, I don't have to watch it live because I almost got roped into doing Fightful. Um, I will not watch this live. I will wait to see what happens. It's not some bad matches on here. It's just the build has been weird. Raw was an all-time bad Raw. I mean, the, the only Raw... There have been the worst, two of those in a month. And, worst, and, like, I think you can make an earnest case that both of them were, like, top 20 bad Raws. And lazy. I think the problem with these Raws are they're lazy. Like, we're watching rematches for the hundredth time. The worst Raw in memory, for me, where you're just watching going, this is unbearable. And the problem was it had a great ending. So it, it was the one where the Nexus debuted. That Raw was awful. But the Nexus came in and made it all better by just tearing up, up the place apart, and it was a great beatdown. This thing, we had Jerry Lawler back on commentary. Oh, thank God. Oh, hoorah, hooray. Yeah, no, I mean, this is the one thing in 2020 we needed is someone with a little bit more of a modern flavor to him. And when I, I'm thinking modern flavor, someone who gets the kids... Uh, Jerry Lawler. He's working this weekend. He's working a match in Tennessee this weekend to celebrate. I think it's like 50 years in wrestling. <laughs> like, but look, also I, I think I they get him working locally in Tennessee where he's a local legend. Absolutely. And like, like... possible Joe wasn't available. Who? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Samoa uh, Joe. Yeah, yeah. So we had to call in a reserve who doesn't care about such things. <laughs> um, well, yeah, if there, there's one person you don't have to worry about partying like that, uh, Jerry never did. <laughs> I meant, I just meant the, he, get, he was getting on planes like week two. Hey, I'm going to go, gonna go to my job. Talk to you later. Yeah. Uh, Retribution got contracts. We have the name T-Bar, I believe is Dijakovic. Mace is Dina. I'm going to call him Dino. Dio Madden. Dio Madden. Yeah. Slapjack is Shane Thorne. Uh, and then Mercedes and Mia Yim are Reckoning and Retaliation. <laughs> Just God. As I said, those aren't streets even tough of Rage. They're, they're rejected Streets of Rage names. Her name is Melissa Retaliation. That's her last name. I think Slapjack is one word. I apologize. I, I, I jumped on that joke a little too quick. Um, it's also, it's also an urban dictionary, which is a little scary. Don't, don't Google if you don't want to know. 
But I mean, we had all the hits on this Raw. You know, we had Garza and Andrade <laughs> getting a tag match. And oh, yeah. The, the, and they're going to have another match yet again at the mm-hmm. pay-per-view here with the Street Profits. Yeah, like, the, the Aaliyah. We're going to be creepy again with Ray's family because it worked with Eddie. And the, and the you're not the father stuff. Good God, Lord. Like, I, you know, okay. So the storyline is bad, but so is the execution. Yes. Like, like, it's, so it's like. It's very Ed Wood. It's yes. No. Uh, Rollins. Or plywood. Is, or yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. It, it is Ed Wood though. Like Rollins is acting is very B movie. Like he is a B movie yeah. villain. <laughs> 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 Murphy, come here. Come here. Twirl my mustache for me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to break up your family. <laughs> um Okay. Yeah, no. Uh it's No, it, you've walked directly into my trap. <laughs> oh, we did not we see the X need a little crow here though, floor. Hawkins. Um, the Dominic Mysterio was actually paired with Umberto Carrillo this Good week. Good Lord. Which was bad because it really was like, here's the better looking version. The best joke I saw of this, it, I forgot who it was, so I can't give you credit, but I wish I, I may, I'll look it up maybe while, while I'm doing this, but it's the, it's the man, this Umberto Carrillo and Dominic Mysterio team has training your replacement vibes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah, uh, I've I've done that, and uh, yeah, it sure did. Um, and then, let me see, is there anything else on Raw here? Zelina Vega versus Mickey James. I don't really have a ton to say about that. Cruz versus Cedric Alexander. Uh oh, we had was was Dabakato on Monday? Yeah, it was. That, oh, it was Andrew Rich? It was our boy Andrew Rich on uh, from Music of the Mat. The Umberto and Dominic team has real. Training your replacement energy. So there you go. Nicely done, Andrew. I know he's he's probably yelling at the podcast the 30 seconds I was trying to find to give credit to. It was me, Hawkins, you asshole. I've had you on my show twice. Okay, fine. Um, Yes, this was Dabakato and Kevin Owens. Okay, so yeah, Dabakato, like last week, I actually made sure to take a moment here because we crap on Raw a lot. And, you know, we, we crap on AEW a lot. You know, like, you know, not not like, you know, it's a hate watch thing. But we it's like, lovingly snark on them. Okay, like, look, do. when things are bad, we're going to call them bad, right? Like, yes. uh, and, and in the case of recently, there has been a lot of bad on my TV screen. Um, Davicato has been one of the things that I wanted to make sure and observe that I thought they had handled fairly decently by any standard measure of build up until this week where everything just went off the rails in the span of three hours with this guy. Mm -hmm. So Braun Strowman is a made man. He is a guy who is where he is going to be on the card. He has been champion. He is not currently really on a beeline to another title run. Um, like you, you wouldn't kind of anticipate him going up against Drew McIntyre anytime in the near media. Cause you've got this Keith Lee, Randy Orton thing going on right now. So Strowman's hanging out in the mid card. These things happen. It happens to you. Dabakato is a guy who is new, who we have been using the vehicle of raw underground to build him up. And over weeks, he has had matches and extended matches inside this Raw Underground context where he has looked strong. He has gone up against more formidable people um, and, and other names that were semi-established and gotten wins over them. He had been built pretty nicely up to this point. And everything 
about the three hours on Monday night undid weeks of work. Like, starting with the Kevin Owens show thing, where it becomes like this weird proxy war feud between Owens and Shane, but using Dabakato and Braun Strowman as the proxies for the proxy war are really bad vehicles because it's not clear that either one of them are heels. And then to make matters worse, Owens picks a fight with Dabakato that he gets the better of, and there's a clear size differential. And, like, Dabakato should have knocked Owens out right there, especially yes. in, build, <laughs> in, in build to this match against Braun Strowman. Here's your yeah. big monster getting pwned by <laughs> yes oh i'm gonna get my i'm gonna have my moment with you dabakato not today buddy slap owens goes down and then that creates intrigue for a few down the line but a lot of the bloom was off that rose the second he walks out he has the boring generic production music that wwe is using but he's dressed up like a reject from the nation of domination in 1996 um and, and like this is not the vibe we were getting from Dabakato in the prior week. So it's like, it just felt like this giant non sequitur. And then he's standing in the ring against Braun Strowman kind of before raw underground. And one of the nice things about raw underground, the camera coverage on raw underground is that it hides height differentials. He's giving up inches to Braun Strowman. So like to have him then turn around and lose in this match with Braun Strowman. It's like, what was the point of all that? What to give Braun Strowman a win? No one's going to remember it because Dabakato uh, didn't mean anything. Dabakato only would have meant something if he had beaten Braun Strowman here. Make make a note of height differentials. Uh, when I when we talk about Clash of Champions, because I want to talk about Asuka and uh, Zelina Vega and oh. the graphic they oh. put out there. But, but we'll get to that. Uh, anything non-Clash of Champions on these two shows, I am going to make mention of one thing. Uh, I adore Tucker as legal contract reader. <laughs> How come your name's not on this contract? <laughs> he's uh, going to night school too for, for law school while, while he's, while he's being a wrestler. I, I, I appreciate the blue collar, solid work ethic of, of uh, getting a graduate degree. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I do appreciate that. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit more about retribution and like my actual problems with the retribution angle. So like everything. Yeah, no, it, it, it is <laughs> no. Okay. So like, obviously somebody showed him dark Knight returns from, <laughs> yes. So Vince, the last movie he saw on an airplane, the last time he was on an airplane, he stayed awake the entire time was clearly something involving the Joker or Bane. Um, and, and, and it just, it made a real lasting impression in his mind. Um, it, it, and you've seen this play out on screen time and time again with, uh, Dean Ambrose doing a Bane character, not all that long ago. Also with, uh, the whole SWAT team and everything, like essentially mm-hmm. this is just Dean Ambrose's Antifa yet again. Um, but like th- my real problem with it is not even like the fake Antifa thing or like that Vince doesn't really get what motivates Antifa. It, it's a lot more like. Vince doesn't get why anyone would have a problem with this company. So, like, when he's making fun of the brass ring stuff, like, it's got to really sting. He's, like, not, like, owning the libs with the parody of Antifa. He's, like, owning his roster with, like, this idea that he's parodying people who would ever think that, like, maybe the way people are presented on this company is not particularly fair or um, talent-driven. And, like, Vince has, like, weird idiosyncratic preferences and yet claims that it's a meritocracy. Let me 
add another layer to that as my phone goes off in the background. Hope you can't hear that. I can't. Um, I can't. Good. The added layer of them then feuding with a heel group of all African-American wrestlers. We said this was probably going to be Vince's F you to Antifa by feuding with Black Lives Matter. And, and so we, we said that kind of as a joke, but like. But yeah. now, but now, now with the brass ring stuff, there's that those accusations that Vince doesn't give minority wrestlers a chance type thing. So it adds that added layer of, well, look who's fighting for the WWE right now. It's nothing but the minority wrestlers that we all have in a stable and are getting a big push. How do you like that type of thing? There's a weird, and I don't even know if Vince is cognizant enough to know that it has that subtext. No, no, especially when you then add the additional layer of the fact that, like, they're doing it as an opportunistic thing. They're not even fighting. Like, the morality of this is all inverted, right? Like, theoretically, the people in Retribution, what they are talking about, if you just take, like, not the crazy, like, we're going to create anarchy stuff, but, like, the actual premise of, like, WWE is not this land of opportunity. It's we were not- veteran wrestlers who were who were looked over. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and we've been languishing. Except for Dio Mad. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yes, even Dio Mad can say, oh, we've all been looked over. We've, we've, we're all yes. people with clear demonstrable talents, and we've all been, like, overlooked, blah, blah, blah. The mm-hmm. premise is completely right. Um, like we, we've instead been like wishing it and we've banded together to take an opportunity where this company would not give us one. I like that as a ethos for a stable. (laughs) We're going to dress up in Halloween costumes to do it is kind of, (laughs) Oh oh, man. The the outfitting looks really bad too. Like the, the obvious modified catcher's mask. It's killing them on the wrestling. And that's That's the problem because that debut stunk. Oh, well, then to go heel versus heel, I mean, the other part of my thing with the morality stuff is, like, the flip of this is, why is the hurt business in this, remember? Like, it was all, we're doing this because we want something in exchange. Like, they're essentially defending the town as the evil bounty hunters, like, in, in like, old-timey Western parlance. Like, they're they're the villainous gang who's agreed to defend the town, but for an, a, uh, an exorbitant price. Like, there are no heroes here. Or, if anything... You're sort of rooting for retribution. Like, if yeah. I was watching a Western, I think I'd be kind of rooting for the marauders over the uh, bounty hunters who are agreeing to defend the town, but for an onerous price. What you're doing right now is you're seeing two gangs of bad guys go at each other, and you're looking at it from the aspect of the good guys posse and going, should we interfere right now? <laughs> And then they did. They, they had the locker room clear out. Um, I have a theory on this, though, and we'll get to it as we get into our picks for Clash of Champions, because I think I think they're going to rely on an old standard WWE trope. And uh, it's not going to be good for the members of Retribution, unfortunately. But uh, we go into that Sunday night. Oh, God, I moved away from the from my. Uh, my card you have it on oh i do all right sunday night let's let's start let's start with the pre-show the pre-show here on the pre-show uh where you want your women's champion to be uh, (laughs) a good place for a women's title match and and what about third best talent during the empty arena 
thing yes. behind Sasha and Bailey, and you got Asuka on the pre-show. Yeah, one of the all-time great roster or wrestlers that WWE has uh, been able to roster at least over the last decade. Like, I mean, let, Asuka's let me a rant generational a talent. She's awesome. Three months of angles where we go through Andrade, Garza, Umberto Carrillo, Austin Theory, Buddy Murphy. The person getting the championship pushes Zelina Vega. What? <laughs> um, they put and, out a even graphic. Weirder, as a heel, I, like she does not work as a heel, and, and we'll get into why here in just a moment. Yeah, she does a Huracurano, which is a <laughs> right. Well, showcase. She's really undersized, and so like mm-hmm. I, I think you can be an undersized heel. I'm not yes. saying you can't, uh, but I think if you're going to be an undersized heel. You have to, one, have a lot of savvy as a performer um, because you do have to make some compensatory things to seem bigger and more dominating. Um, two, you have to be working an aggressive style of match that's kind of tempo-driven. Um, and, but Or a three, weasel, which is how they're doing it. Yeah, you also have to be, like, working limbs and stuff. And like, But, like, yeah, I mean, like, she, she needs to be getting over this idea that she is super, super cagey. Um, and that she can win all sorts of different ways, like in Evil Rey Mysterio, uh, the way he used to be presented, like 1996, where he, you know, find all sorts of like fluky, quirky ways to wrap you up with a Mahi Straw Cradle or a Hurricane Rana, yeah, like that only as a heel. WWE put out a tale of the tape for this match, and it says here: Oscar five foot three, Zelina Vega, Vega three foot six, five foot one. You're telling me that Zelina Vega is two inches shorter than Asuka? That, that's some NCAA height right there. Where I was 6'1". <laughs> I, I would kill to be 6'1". Uh, yeah, I just went, really? That's how they're going to do this? Is that they're almost... <laughs> they're almost equal. What is this company's obsession with height, Chris? Why can't uh, she be four foot nine or whatever she is? The, the issue, their issue with being obsessed with height is that they don't understand how to use height and use the absence of height. Um, like, and, like I and, thought Asuka was at least five, 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 six. I would have assumed that too. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, if giving her her actual kayfabe height, uh, or I, I bet you that's closer to a reality height. Whereas I think Zelita's is probably, you know, dressed up here a little bit. But, I mean, you know, it, again, it gets back to Vince is so paranoid about anyone being, quote-unquote, short, he doesn't understand how to use the assets of each different height for what... All right, so let's get in this match. Uh, you've read my preview. It's going to be a lot of the same talking points, although I kind of did that half-assed, admittedly, because they just were <laughs> just like, who wants to preview Clash of Champions? And then crickets. Everybody runs. Everybody wants to do G1 stuff. You know, because G1's the fun wrestling right now. Nobody wants to do the not fun wrestling. So old Hawkins has to do that. Uh, so I, I call that. this the the Yaoman's work. The stuff that really carries the it's brand. Yeoman. What I call it Yaoman. Call Yao Ming? No, not Yao Ming. <laughs> yeah, you're like Yaoman Rand. You know, you, you seen uh, old school Star Trek? Uh, Janice no, Rand, the character. No, that never... I don't watch Star Trek, Chris. No, you, you know do. This. No, you have totally it told sucks. me you watch old school Star Trek. Don't I've I? never. Now, watched now you're just now you're just trying to. I like... referenced to Pal because I knew she was. Are on you trying the to be cool Star right Trek. now? Are, is this you trying to be cool? I've never been cool. I, 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 Ask the cat lady. 
Cat lady will tell oh, you. No, I know that. Yeah, she likes me. She hates me. Well, um, okay, Asuka versus Zelina <laughs> Bring it back. This is such a professional show. Um, it is. It's well executed. We are broadcast professionals. Uh, semi-professionals. Uh, anything other than murder death, I don't want to see. Uh, no, right. Uh, I mean, I feel like Zelina just I don't want to see Zelina Vega here. get the heat. Yes. No, Oscar. no, no. I, I, I think, I, especially since it's on the pre-show, this should be, I guess, a hum- like if I was going to book this, I would go. It should be a humbling experience for Zelina Vega because I like. All right, it's a foregone conclusion. Oscar's winning this match. I think, especially since it's on the pre-show, they're going to do a title change. They would have put it on the card. Uh, so if I were booking this match. I would just have Zelina think that she was, had a much better plan for this match going in than she did and have Asuka just completely outclass her um, and have it be humiliating for Zelina. I don't know what that gets you. Um, it's not how I would have booked this, but here we are. Uh, it, it, Boy, what a silly way to do the whole Andrade, Zelina, uh, Umberto, or, and uh, Angel Garza thing. Uh, dumb. Boy, this is the most obvious pay-per-view to me. All yeah. year in terms of results. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, no. It's, I think it's... we're going to agree on all, almost all of these. Uh, Bobby Lashley against Apollo Crews for the U.S. Championship. Best of 31, I guess. Um, Hurt Business is getting pushed. Apollo Crews isn't. Seems fairly easy to me. Yeah, no, I, I mean, ask yourself real quickly, is there any reason why Apollo Crews would win back this title right now? And narrative dictates that there is no good reason. I, I don't know why he would. I don't know what him winning back the title would do. And so given that, you know, I, I yeah, I got to say, I think Bobby Lashley wins. The Street Profits, your tag team champions on Raw, taking on Andrade and Angel Garza. Same exercise. <laughs> Ask yourself why Andrade and Angel Garza would win back the titles right now, given the fact that they Zelina... never had the titles. That's the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. They never. Yeah, right. Why would they win the titles after losing Zelina Vega? Yeah, this is. Uh, God. And we're gonna have more bickering after the match, so we can get that hot Andrade Angel Garza feud. So the Street Profits were both on page with that. Uh, Triple threat ladder match for WWE's Intercontinental Championship. All right. The trope of the guy coming back from double shoulder surgery in a ladder match in Sami Zayn and two guys over 40 in Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles. Go out there and kill yourselves, fellas. And then to build it up on the go-home show, (laughs) we have a triple threat match. For no reason. This is not the first time they've done that, though. Like, this has become a trope of their vision of go-home matches are literally just doing the match you're going to see on Sunday before the match on Sunday. The Joe Bob Briggs School of Sequels, when in doubt, just make the movie over again. Oh, Uh, man. Sami Zayn won the triple threat, so WWE rules of booking. Whoever wins the match on the go-home show will not win at the pay-per-view. Uh, so who do you got? Hardy or Styles? I'm going to say Hardy. I'm going to say Hardy retains as well. Yeah. I think, I, I, I think I he could moves be on to another Sheamus feud or something. Yeah, I could be talked into Styles, but I'm going to say Hardy. Oh, by the way, Matt Riddle losing clean as a sheet to Baron Corbin. Oh, my God. What? 
What? I, what? Uh, dude, his new logo, his like three dimensional logo is a flip flop. Dead. Dead. No, in the I, water. I, yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's done. He's done. Uh, I, I mean, I like the guy. I, I, I know. I mean, I liked him as an on screen act. I think the act makes sense and he's got layers or whatever. I'm aware of his off screen problems. I'm acutely aware of his off screen problems. But, like, it, once you're the. Flip flop, dude. Uh, what? What? He's gonna he's gonna beat people up with the chancletta. Come on. Speaking of tag teams with issues, WWE SmackDown tag team titles are on the line as the Lucha House Party in their swan song as a unit, calling my shot now. Oh no, that's such a it's a Grecian tragedy, Jeff. This this is Ta- heartbreaking stuff. Take on Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. This could be a fun match, but it's gonna be all about the Lucha House Party problems, isn't it? Yes, right. So the intrigue is who is going to be in the match. I'm going to call my shot and say it's Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado and Kalisto cost them the match. And then uh, afterwards, that's what leads to the split here with Kalisto going heel. This is going to be interesting because Lince Dorado has posted a picture without the mask or at least looking at the mask and saying goodbye. So it could be, you know, they could do something stupid. Oh, like Kalisto cost them the match. And then Metalik sides with Kalisto and they kick out Lince Dorado. Um, or Lince is the, like, it's just a dumb swerve ski where Kalisto has been the jerk the whole time here. But for whatever reason, Lince Dorado is the one who goes heel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I had not considered that, but that is so stupid. No, that's a WWE move. That, oh my God. I, I, I'm gonna, we'll refer to that from now on as the swerve ski where like, it's a completely unearned reverse turn. So I got Cesaro and Shinsuke. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. We'll probably get something like Matt Riddle and Shorty G. And oh, there's here's an aside because I just Spire like doing G. asides. I mean, we're 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 riffing this morning. It's early. Who's who's the mystery NXT guy? Former champion. Uh, mystery former champion for what? Uh, on that vignette. That they had on the TV that I'm guessing you missed. I, I did. No, no, I mean, like, no, I kind of like this more. This is more fun. Uh, who is the because mystery? they're guessing because the, 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 the commentary is guessing it's Bo Dallas. <laughs> but I think it's either going to be Bobby Roode or Chad Gable. It's got to be Bobby Roode. Um, I. It, maybe Chad Gable. I'm gonna go. Bobby I think it's Roode. gonna be Bo Dallas because they're gonna they're gonna introduce him as something serious, and then he's gonna take it over. He's gonna be doing that Bo Leave crap, and it's gonna be oh look, he's just putting smiles on faces and stuff like Bo Leave. Um, God, no, I hope not. Uh, I, I hope it's not Bo. I mean, like, I I think I like Bo Dallas in the ring more than most people do. Like, I don't think he's like uh you know a generational talent or anything like that, but like. I, think he's I liked the chicken heel thing, and yeah. I liked his. I liked his exit from NXT. Yeah, that was a great segment. Yeah, so they no. had to kick him off, but I don't know. I, I could just. I could see. I could see Bobby Roode him just going. I think Look, it's if Bobby you've given Roode. up, if you've given up on me, let me go down to NXT and help the kids as a trainer coach. I could also see Chad Gable going. Look, if you're not using me on this main roster, let me go have great matches and continue to grow. I could see both of those. Guys. Yeah, it's that's true too. And then going well, technically, the world champion could also be a world tag team champion, and then it becomes that. Yeah, and, and like uh, I do think 
any of those three guys will benefit from the scenery change. Oh, um, Bo Dallas won't. I don't. I mean, wh- nobody cares about Bo Dallas. Nobody cares about Bo Dallas, but like, okay, it's the difference between Tyler Breeze being on the main roster versus Tyler Breeze being on the NXT roster. At least he's a champion right now. Still bad. <laughs> no, he okay. He sucks. I'm not saying like it's and it's a no, great point. No, he does, love no, this no, angle. no, 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 no. You, you got you got to walk that one back. Because he does not suck. Tyler no, Breeze he, does not suck. I'm not suck. saying Tyler Breeze sucks. I'm saying this okay. angle that he is involved in. Yes. Uh, the, the character. The character. And, yeah, like he has not been developed into a thing no, that has been he's good. he's playing the hits. He's no, playing the hits. He's not even playing the hits. If he was playing the hits, he'd be doing the Zoolander gimmick. He's doing this like neutered, it living on goodwill of a character he no longer does thing at this point. Um so like no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna walk that back. No, like like it, it it sucks in the sense of like he's still doing dumb comedy stuff and it's not even it's not even new at this point, like when they were doing the parody of Twin Peaks. It's like a cover of that and other stuff. But like look, he's in he's in a title picture now. He's actually a part of the program in a way where on the main roster for the last two years, like him and Dango had been like main event guys in the sense of like on that show called main event that you can't find anywhere on television. Fightful select reports. Chris Novembrino says Tyler Breeze sucks. Uh, <laughs> they would shaky outlet fake news. Oh, come on, man. I work for them. Sometimes. <laughs> see, see my, my stand corrected. Uh, it really shaky outlet. Uh, speaking of tag teams that are having issues, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler defend against the riot squad, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. Oh, this is going to be histrionic central as both teams start having issues and the riot squad, I think overcomes. And this will be the only title match that the title switches on. Yeah. Yeah. I think this has to be your title change, right? Like this is your, this is very Nia and Shayna go into a feud, which is something we've all been (laughs) waiting for craving. Yeah. 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 This, This is, uh, this is what the people crave. And they don't get the riot squad over as mending fences that well because of the whole, like Liv hit, like Ruby hits Liv at some point, and oh, Liv's gonna walk away and leave the partner, and then Liv comes back, and it's oh, and then they hug and they win the title. It's, oh, yeah, God, yeah, um, and the the go home angle on this to bring it back. This to is that, weird, right? This is so strange. Like Liv and Ruby were basically heels on Monday. In a lot of watching ways. someone getting power like slammed through a table while smiling. What yes. was that? Well, I, I mean, I I think you know why was Lana singled out? I I think uh, the other show is the culprit there. Uh, I'm sure. Feels uh, like- hold on, your husband is getting a had a ticket. Oh, we didn't talk about that. That 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 debut match stunk too. Oh oh <laughs> yeah no, I, I mean. That debut match stunk, and and again... It looked like he got hurt during it, too, which scared the crap out of me, because I like Miro. Oh, I like him. No, I I like him a lot. Yeah, she's getting punished for the husband's sins, as is WWE's want. No, that's... Yeah, I I don't bring that up conjecturally. I bring that up contextually, because this is a company that has a history of doing things of that sort. Yes. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, like... It was weird for them to just kind of watch that, and then they'd be antagonizing. But then they also powdered. They headed for the hills mm-hmm. when, it, yeah, when it came time for a confrontation with Shada and Naya. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's 
it's a very very strange dynamic. Uh, I, I, it's weird. Um, I, you might Ruby and Liv could win and also turn heel. Okay, I, well, I'd be for that. I I'm would fine. actually. I think I'd be for that too. I think. Do we maybe, have babyface teams though in the WWE that can face them? We can't. We can't turn the iconics. <laughs> well, they're not allowed to team together anymore because that's reasons. true too. Yeah, yeah, no. As you know, the official re- the but they're still friends, for- Chris. Right, they're allowed to. Still- which isn't that which isn't that bad of a story if <laughs> if Peyton doesn't throw Billy Kay into Raw Underground to get her ass beat. Right, and they never explain that. And like, I, I, you know, I in their heads they're probably like the <laughs> the writing is probably like, well, you know. I mean, we're just kind of leaving that in the air. You know, that's a thing that has not been discussed between them. Chris, if we're having issues, like we have one of those off-air, off knockdown, drag-out fights that we've had occasionally, and you throw me into an underground fighting pit, I'm not forgiving you next week. Well, what if it was in service of building Dabakato? Well, even, even worse, because I think Dabakato would kill me. Well, I, yeah, I know, but like, yeah, this is a future main eventer. And I'm not going up against fight and play. I'm going up against Dabakato, for God's sakes. Yeah, let's let's move on. This whole thing here. Uh the great Aunt Pam, who I did not like this promo on Friday. I hate to say it. Uh Bailey taking on Nikki Cross. I don't like this match. I don't like this booking. I don't think they should be doing this match because this next match for Nikki Cross, this next title match, is important to yes. Nikki Cross being viable because you've added that she can't win the big one aspect to it. And, and the idea that other people don't believe in her. So if there's someone who actually really has the underdog status, and that this is a good thing for the company, and this is a good thing for um, the division and stories you want to tell with Bailey, but Nikki Cross is that underdog. And she is, one, not going to win in this match. I'll call my shot on that right now. But two, and more importantly, uh, to take my shot a little bit further here, I think this is going to be a backdrop for, like, Alexa Blissey type stuff. So it's not even really going to be focusing on her as it's going to be focusing on Alexa Bliss fiend plot advancement. Yeah, they. I mean, the Nikki, Nikki Cross is number four on people on my list who have been helped in the empty arena era after the other three women in the division, like the women's division has been good. The empty arena stuff where they're not yelling CM punk and going what during promos has helped a lot of people in the women's division. There was a week where they decided to sex up Nikki cross, which is weird. Um, and I kind of agree. There's only one of three ways this can go. Sasha returns and helps Nikki win the title. I don't think that's going to happen. Sasha returns and ends up screwing Nikki Cross in a way by attacking Bailey or Alexa Bliss and The Fiend and another sister Abigail or or putting the claw in her mouth and it becomes why did my best friend screw me out of my best opportunity type thing. Yeah, I, I hate to say it. That's how they're going to get around this. Well, see, we're not going to have Nikki actually lose. We're going right. to have it because 
Alexa Bliss cost her the match. And so we're going to go on the come in from like under the ring, like, like from the apron, you know, like up comes Alexa Bliss, puts the the claw on Nikki Cross, Bailey and the referee don't see it. Bailey crawls in for the pin, gets the win. Um, yeah. I, option number four is the... The Osiren portal comes out and hypnotizes everybody and they start breakdancing. Well, no, I, I, I was going to say option number four is it was a plan all along and Bailey and Sasha reunite for no reason. Oh my... No. Hey, they did it with Cedric Alexander. It's not oh. out of the realm of possibility. You're, oh you're apparently allowed to get the crap kicked out of you. And you guys be believed again. that she actually stomped the chair on my neck? Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, oh, you bought that? <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> they did they, that. They did that with the Hurt Business and Cedric Alexander, though. Like, they beat him up before the match. And then he turns. Yeah. yeah. And just, oh it was a goodness. plan all along. And Sasha joins the Hurt Business, which I wouldn't mind. That would be um, fun, actually. Her and MVP. They need, to get wo- they need to get women in stables. You know, or even have a female stable for once. Faction, if you will. You know, although, although they're doing that with Retribution Hawkins. <laughs> Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never so, mind. so there Never you mind. go. Yeah, w- where are the kudos and plaudits for that, Hawkins? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Don't you ever use plaudits on this show. Again. I will use plaudits whenever <laughs> I please. That's too big a word for me at this time of morning. Um, yeah. Okay, so Bailey retains this title and we move on to a Hell in the Cell match, right? I just don't know if it's a triple threat. That's the thing. I, I'm going to say no. I, or I a think four-way. God, m- may- a maybe, maybe a four-way. Okay. And I definitely think along the way here, you'll see like Nikki Cross and Sasha Banks maybe become friends. Oh, like- Bailey and Alexa, which is just a team that makes no sense. No. Because of their history against Nikki and Sasha. Okay, but like Bailey and Alexa, especially with like Alexa kind of like having the two different personalities and the personality war inside herself and Bailey with the clear like feeling conflicted. Like, I didn't like this promo either. And I think Bailey's been a little like Bailey's been missing the mark for me recently, like emotionally. Yeah, I yeah. would agree. Yeah, I, 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 the I scenery, don't... the scenery chewing isn't working. And that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. No, Less she... is more if she if she would just come out and straight up. Hey. I've known Sasha for a long time. She's turned on everybody. She she's the one heel who could have a good reason for turning on. Oh, but the, but then she expounds and then becomes not a good reason. Right, right, right. She's yeah. the one performer where that would work. Yeah, and I, um, I uh, they just they haven't been nailing nailing that. Um, no, no. I, I my idea was to call her Latina Heat and to take away the Eddie Guerrero. Oh, I, no, I, I think if she started doing, like, the frog splash and, like, signature yes. Eddie moves yes. and stuff to, like, rub it in, uh, yeah. Uh, and also, like, a lot of Eddie's heel mannerisms and stuff, just to, mm-hmm. like, one, because it would help her heal it up a little bit. Two, um, it would also be rubbing in the face of Sasha. And... Sasha, who loves Eddie Guerrero. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that'd be fun. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman taking on the dumbest baby face in wrestling, Jey Uso. I'm loving I'm loving Uso's uh, mullet starting to form. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, that. yeah. He's like rocker mullet. But uh, this thing, I mean, I liked the go home promo from Jey Uso. Don't get me wrong, dude. I even like the package. Like, like, yeah. if, if he wasn't booked as like dumber than a box of rocks, like this would be a really really fun angle, right? Um, the I'm the chief and I gotta put food on the table and all. Uh, it's an interesting story. It's like, yeah. Like, let me yeah. let me let me give the 
plaudits. Uh, yeah, and kudos, and kudos. And kudos. And it's an interesting story to tell. But they didn't earn the goodwill of then Roman turning on a guy. Y- you know, it, 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 everybody, everybody, we know the turn was there because, you know, he's been not coming to the ring and other, they, they too many breadcrumbs, man. They could have, they could have played this thing straight and then had the, oh my God, turn. Even though we knew it was coming. I mean, you're never going to, you're never going to. Well, once he's aligned with Paul Heyman, it's it's pretty obvious, but like, you know, Heyman's presence in this makes perfect sense. And I think, you know, the way they're doing the video packages and they're showing Afa and Sika um, and, you know, you're getting that and you're you're seeing how this story is kind of developing long term and how you could have like The Rock come in and make a cameo. I, I found the issue. I found the issue here. Okay. When you have Heyman in the story, he has to bring in Jay to trust them. And he could use... Hey man, I look, I, I managed your father in the Samoan SWAT team. I know how to, I, you know what? Your family's always been important to me. I'll take care of you while your brother's out and rehabbing, but I'm also taking care of your cousin here. Come on in, trust us. And then they screw him. That kind of thing. That's what had to be done here. And from, from the get go, it was Romans being standoffish and, and, Man, you've changed with money. It, it, it's the it's the. It's uh, been there, and like Jay just like refuses to accept it. But like, yeah, it's gone a step further. Where like this week, like he has the belt or he didn't have the belt. He's in the ring. He's trying to call out Roman. Finally, gets Roman out there. Roman says his thing, and then Roman's walking away. Uso picks up the microphone after Roman, you know, tells off Uso and saying, "I'm always going to be number one. I'm always going to be better than you." Like, I'm going to win on Sunday. You're going to lose. Like, that's how it's going to go. And then Uso says, but what if you're wrong? That moment ruled. Like, that yeah, was no, awesome. no, I love that. that no, was that, was, that was awesome. And, and, like, if they had just stopped and stared at each other and we had done one long static shot, which would have been driving Kevin Dunn and the boys in the production truck absolutely crazy because normally we need 50 cuts in a minute. Um, sit there and burn. Sit, burn eyes just to each other. Let them stay there. And then he goes, what if I was world champion? He doesn't even say, and, and the, at the end of the match, the, the announcer goes, new world champion, Jay Uso. He says, you know, he says that line and people always ask, which one are you? The obvious, like, punchline to the whole, you know, everyone's always asked, which one are you? Is when the announcer says, new world champion, Jay Uso, everyone will know which one yes. I am. You're, you're dead on on this. You're dead on on this entire thing. Yeah, it just, they're going to do what they're going to do here. No, it's uh, disappointing because, like, I, 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 theoretically, I could totally buy into this as a story. And, and like, Jay getting, Jay getting knocked down the ladder and us doing, like, a long-form story with Jay, he's a good enough wrestler that he can carry that. He's an interesting for- enough guy. He's a good enough talker. He's a charismatic enough dude. He's a guy you can do this long-form story with. Um, and... That yeah, it just Uso wins the four way, and then he goes through Sheamus and Corbin, and maybe Cesaro, and gets those big wins as a solo act with no chicanery, and you're building him as a threat to the world title, kind of like the only. I mean, I don't want to say Ricky Morton versus Flair because Morton had so much better 
goodwill from fans, but maybe like Ron Garvin versus Flair when you're or like they had the Barbarian challenge Ron Simmons at some point, which is weird. You know, it's that kind of matchup where you where the challenger needs needs a big major build, and they just did not give it to him. And I don't Jay know. Jay was I, just kind of like airdropped into this. Boy, I, I get the feeling they're going to make him a moron in this match. Dude. Yeah, no, I, 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 you I get the feeling he's going to have Roman on the ropes, and he's going to say that he can't do it because they're family, and then Roman's going to take advantage and spear him one, two, three. Yes, he's going to have an opportunity to use the title to cheat to get the win. Yes, and, and he's going to look at it for a while, and he's not going to do it, Heyman's, and then Roman's going to hit him with the title. He's going to spear him and him with the title. Yeah, yep. something like that. Yeah, no, no, exactly. It, you know, that's that's where this goes. I mean. The, the worst part about this is you've already gotten so far ahead of this with Roman coming out and hitting Uso <coughs> with the Superman punch. And then the other thing that they did here, which, I mean, you know, they'll we'll just walk away from it, so it's not a problem. But apparently people do watch the show after the show is taped, and, and wrestlers do watch the replay. Because uh, Jey Uso watched the replay <laughs> and, and saw Roman smiling behind his back, which made it, like, even dumber or, li- like... All of that was so stupid. I, 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 and and they're, they're so close to telling not just a good, but a great story. And they've like they've found that nice twist between great and kind of stupid. Yeah, agreed. Uh, for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre against Randy Orton. Now, here's the thing, as I like to say, or as others like to say as well. Hashtag here's the thing. Retribution's getting involved in this match one way or another. There's no reason to put them on all over Raw and not have them be a part of this thing. Well, they're not even allowed to be part of SmackDown, so... And and Retribution respects that. It's part of their contract. Here is my theory, and I will call my shot on this. Drew McIntyre is going to win this match, and he's going to put Randy Orton in the ambulance somehow. But Drew McIntyre is also getting put in this ambulance at the end of the night. And Keith Lee is going to be revealed as the leader of Retribution. Are they going, to, they are are they going, going to knock to, over the ambulance? Um, like a maybe. box? Yes. Oh, I, oh, I can see that too. Oh, I can see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 this, is, this is how we treat your WWE. Keith Lee was brought in about the same time Retribution started appearing. They like, uh, they like attaching factions that aren't exactly laying the world on fire with an established superstar. He has main event level credibility, I think now in their eyes. And, uh, he's uh dating resurgence, right? <laughs> the name resurgence. Uh, is it uh revisitation? I think, I think it's a uh, retcon. No, reckoning. Okay. Damn near killed an end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, Mercedes yeah. is Mercedes is retaliation. Mia is reckoning. Okay. There you go. Uh, my my favorite my favorite off uh, off offline uh, trivia about this is that they all uh, they all have alt accounts now for these characters, and they only follow each other and Malcolm Bivens. Which I'm all for Malcolm Bivens being a part of Retribution. Like, I am. Like I, I'm for that. Uh, look, um, I'm for it being about his CD player. If we're gonna go being the elite, <laughs> all the way. <laughs> like I, I, 
this is not a good angle, but I'm not going to fault any of these people for one making a kayfabe Twitter account and having some fun with it. And also, I'm not going to overstress this as a reviewer analyst and say that this is a career shattering for any of these people. I, no. I think the only person who's maybe you know doomed by this is Shane Thorne. But I'd argue ever since TM61. Uh, it lost the titles and like kind of had to split up here. Uh, that like Shane Thorne was gonna need to find something to do within the context of this company. It was gonna be kind of tricky. So like, yeah, you know. Shane Th- Shane Thorne's gonna be the guy that they uh they get rid of, right? I the, mean, maybe, the, but the, like, he, I, I slapjack to me is the guy who's gonna be the champion one day. You, you mark my I words. I love the name and I love the look, but he's the guy taking twenty twenty two is slapjack mania. He's the guy taking all the falls, right? Oh, yeah, Because sure. they're not going to yeah, do yeah. that to Dio Madden. Well, unless they come up with a guy tall. named Patsy. Oh, that's what I... Yeah. Bob. <laughs> Slapjack, Tabar, Mace, or Mackie, and, and Bob. And Patsy. <laughs> Bob and Patsy, yes. Well, Patsy... <laughs> How do you come up with Bob as a, as a code name? Uh, it was the first thing I could think of. So I'm Bob. Oh, it's me, Bob. <laughs> it's a whole Norm McDonald bit. Uh, <laughs> it's me, Bob. Yeah, no, but I think uh, I think Drew wins the match, and it, and it's the it's the stupid and retribution has caused havoc across the. WWE universe who's gonna be the ones to stop them I mean the other way so I'll go one step further and and give the qualification maybe this goes to a non-finish of sorts um where both McIntyre and Orton end up in the ambulance but but either way the the night ends with Drew McIntyre still as champion yes uh, and and probably retribution standing tall and oh my god what does this mean for the future if Keith Lee's the leader I, I think Keith Lee's gonna be the leader of this um, yeah, and, and we're going to talk about this as an all-time bad pay-per-view, I think. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, there's just nothing to get particularly excited about. It, I am scared to death. I am scared to death somebody gets hurt in that ladder match. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I'm always worried whenever Hardy's doing this stuff uh, that, like, that he is known for in his career, which spans the 1990s. Um, it's such a Sammy thing to do to him, too. It's, hey. It's that Daniel Bryan or Sheamus or uh, Sin Cara's just coming back from an injury, so we're gonna put you in the money in the uh, in the big ladder match for the mid card title at WrestleMania, so you can get pile, so you can get power bomb through a couple ladders to show how tough you are. Yeah, and also like a whole little angle worked around how you took time off or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, oh, you just, you know, you stayed home and now you still think you're champion. You still think you could be the champion even when you take time off from this company. And that's not how it works here. Um it's a a very WWE trope. Um <laughs> it, it was particularly funny coming from AJ Styles though. Let me just put it mm-hmm. that way. <laughs> not 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 good judgment man when I when I think of that phrase. Again, we'd like to thank my bookie. Use code ROPES. Go bet on uh, games while we still have them. <laughs> Not be long. Oh man, it, yeah, no, uh, it, it, dude. I mean, wrestling. Uh, they, they, they're on a razor's edge right now. Uh, oh, you can put you can put bets on Clash of Champions. I think too. So, uh, yeah, who wouldn't want to bet? A, a bet on it and make it spicy. If, if any, <laughs> if anybody wants to drop in the DMs and tell me who's winning, you can use the money. 
uh, especially after this week in the market. Uh, you can follow me at GrapGame13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. If you just want to follow the show when the episodes drop, it is at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. It's, uh, it's less than 40 days until the election. Joe Biden called another lid before 930. Chris is following all the politics. Oh, yeah. We're getting ready for the upcoming debates here. Debate Tuesday night. I'm going to be dropping an episode uh, same day. So if you are not subbed up, go over to Don'tWorry.tv. Get on iTunes. Get on Stitcher. Get on Spotify. Look for Don't Worry About the Government. Subscribe to Don't Worry About the Government. Check it out on Patreon. I always put out bonus episodes and a lot of like bonus music. I make a whole bunch of production music for the show as well. So when you support the show over there, patreon.com slash DWATG, you get bonus shows and all of the music that I'm putting out. And I'm making a lot of music these days. Uh, I sent some to Hawkins. Hawkins says it slaps. So uh, if that doesn't count for something, I don't know what does. Well, I just hope all our listeners go to Apple iTunes and review both of our shows and give it plaudits. Yes, and kudos 